Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I hope people have fun photos because I don't. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. When I get an email from the teacher being like, your kid's failing school. (laughs) With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Just boil corn for three minutes. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. Okay, this snow globe might have been a little little much. everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we are talking about mom friendship, something that we've talked about before on the podcast. But we're specifically talking about mom friendships post-pandemic. How have they changed? For me, spoiler alert, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Me too. And in kind of surprising ways, I would say. And so this is a topic that was brought up on our Facebook page and something that Amy and I have both discussed and been thinking about it. And so we're going to talk about it. But first, Amy, we're going to do mailbag. Nice. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. Naomi on Facebook says, literally just finished listening to Mara Glatzel's Fresh Take, and I am feeling it. One thing that really struck a chord with me on this one, to the point that I pulled my car over and put my four ways on so I could jot it down, was when Mara said, if my needs mattered, someone else would prioritize them for me. This resonated deeply and it gave me the motivation to do something for myself that I've been putting off for years. Yes. Amazing. That episode is amazing. I'll put the link in the show notes for this episode. Listen to it. I loved her book, Needy. This is a misbelief, by the way. I just want to make that clear. If my needs mattered, somebody else would prioritize them for me. So they must not matter that much because nobody's taking care of me and making sure I get what I need. Wrong. But we all think that, especially as parents. Yes. Wrong. As moms, it jumps the line. And I think that's part of the reason that we're in this, you know, this situation sort of post pandemic. I'd say this is the middle of the end of the pandemic, right? It's not gone, but it's going. It's around a little bit, but not really. My kid just asked me this morning, what happened to COVID? I was like, well, it's still around, but we're concentrating. Yeah. On I mean, I traveled last weekend in the airport and it was the first time I didn't see one person with a mask on in the airport, one person with a mask on on the plane, including myself. And I just sort of thought like, okay, it's happened. We were waiting 
a couple of years ago, right? We were all waiting for the switch to be flipped and we'd all like, hooray, go out in the street and have a big cookout. Right. VE day. Right. Right. And of course, it didn't work out that way. Nurses and sailors kissing in Times Square. No, it didn't really happen. I was the other day, had to go to a medical appointment and needed a mask and couldn't find one. <laughs> I kind of walked in like doing the thing with like my sweater over my That'll mouth. Work. Like, do you have one? And they gave me one. But yeah, I mean, it, it's slightly absurd. And then I just had to go to the dry cleaners this morning and there's a big sign that says, please wear a mask. And I thought, that's just a vestigial sign, right? Like, are they still doing that? I don't even have a mask anymore. Yeah, it's over, but it lingers. So I was doing the research for this episode and... It was interesting to me because how have mom friendships changed since the pandemic? Like they changed. They changed a lot. We've had at least a year now of mostly being free to go about our business and, you know, go back to the way things were. And it doesn't seem to be happening. Anyway, it was interesting when I went to do research this morning, no matter how I tried to search for it, like mom friendships after pandemic 2023 or whatever. This was something we were talking about two years ago. And you and I were talking about it two years ago. And people kind of aren't talking about it anymore. It was supposed to be like, oh, that was 2021. But it's not like things have changed and they haven't quite changed back and they're probably not going to change back. Is that sort of like, huh, I guess this is my new normal. For sure. And I will occasionally hear, I was listening to a podcast the other day, I can't remember what it was talking about, but it was saying somebody has a sort of throwaway said, well, and this was really affected by the pandemic. And I think the lack of that, like VE day, like this is the end. There's kind of also been not a huge reckoning with it. Like our kids stayed home for two years. Our marriages survived being together for two years or didn't in some cases. Our relationships with other people, you know, we Zoomed with some, we didn't. It, I feel like we never kind of did a postmortem on the whole thing. Like, okay, so what did we learn? What didn't we learn? How have things changed? What are we doing? And that a lot of it is just sort of subconscious rolling forward and like, okay, forget about that. It's over, but no... Like, what happened there? And what are we doing? And are we working from home because we want to or just because we started to? Like, (laughs) it feels like we're just being carried along a stream that we don't have a lot of control over and we haven't given maybe enough thought to. Don Oliver on HBO just made a joke in his most recent episode about the uh, Celebrity Imagine video. Do you remember? Like, we were in full lockdown. Like, nobody was supposed to go anywhere for two weeks and it was going to be fine. And a bunch of celebrities thought we really wanted to hear them sing, imagine there's no hunger completely in like 18 different keys. And it was like just so stupid. And like, we don't care how you're doing during the pandemic Gal Gadot. Like, I'm not really thinking about you right now or need you to get me through. But there was this like, we're all together. We're all the same. We're all doing it. And I feel like that has completely, like your pandemic was not my pandemic. You know, what was how it was in your house was not how it was in my house. And that's okay. But that sort of, siloing has continued to affect us, I think, like how we came out of it. Some of us are like, huh, that was weird. And some of us are like deeply shaken and traumatized. And some of us have family members who died and like it wasn't the same in every house. And I think that is another thing that's sort of weird and kind of still splintering us. Well, and another thing is that I have a member of my family who is struggling with school. And one of the things that it's taken me a long time to recognize is that this child got very used to having parents who were telling him what to do all day, every day. Oh, interesting. And he's really having trouble 
reintegrating into, cause I'm like, all right, you're in, you know, X grade and off you go and do your thing and be responsible. And then I go to, you know, log into the dreaded portal. You know, some people check it every day. I check it like only when I get an email from the teacher being like, your kid's failing school. <laughs> and I've been shocked. Like, why aren't you doing the things you say you're doing? And I do think part of it is that he didn't gain the skills in the two years that he was home of, I have to be responsible for myself. And I kind of threw him back into school like, okay, you're the right age to be taking care of all of this stuff yourself, forgetting that he had 18 months or almost two years where I was with him all day, every day saying like, okay, next do this, next do this. And how did it not occur to me that that was going to be a problem, but it didn't. Yeah. And there's grieving to do too, right? Like, so for me, how this came out and me came clear to me through my kids this week is uh, one of my kids is graduating high school this year and we're supposed to submit photos to the Google Drive for the, you know, senior and parents dinner. There's going to be a slideshow. Oh my gosh, fun. And I honestly sat down like, okay, I'll find some fun photos of high school times. Talk about like, I was so angry by the time I finished because freshman year. Oh, here we are. Like, again, like, this is cute. This is fun. He's sitting at home at his desk doing school, right? Like in my photos in March 2020 are like two thumbs up with, you know, on Zoom school. And then there's just sort of stops being photos for months because we all had COVID and it was terrible. And then there's like, oh, here we are, like on the sidelines of his game with masks on. It was just that slideshow is going to be tough. I hope people have fun photos because I don't I wasn't allowed to be in a school who was taking my kid doesn't take photos and I wasn't allowed to be in the school to take them. And I just sort of reengaged with all the stuff I didn't get to participate in as a parent for good reason. And then, you know, the friendships I didn't get to make and the time I lost out on getting to know these really fun, cool women who were friends of my son's, my son's friends, moms. And I'm about to like never see them all again. It's, it made me mad instead of feeling, you know, nostalgic. I was just annoyed. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, I think. And I think that, you know, as we talk about those friendships, I, have found myself, it's hard for me to tease out. Like I'm in a very busy season of life right now. I'm busy at work. I have a second job that is taking up a tremendous amount of my time. I have, you know, some family stuff. I'm in a very busy season, but I have not socialized for the sake of socializing with a person outside of my family in a couple of months. That's very unusual for me. And I do think some of it is the stuff that fell away from the pandemic, the book club, it's been heavy to pick up. And I've been someone who's been kind of team, like, you know, as you say, like, let the attrition work in your favor. I've been kind of a fan of like, let's not be so overscheduled. But I think I'm having a little bit of a reckoning that I'm too underscheduled right now, that I really have let too much go in terms of socializing. My kids are at kind of a needy age. They have a lot of stuff going on. I have a teaching job that I do at night that is extremely busy right now. There's other reasons why it's happening, but I see friends of mine. I think the passive is it also because my kids are a different age now? I think when they were in elementary school, it was pick up. Hey, let's hang out. Let's make dinner. Like there was a lot of opportunity running to each other. I know that in the summer, I'm more social because it's the pool and you run into people in the winter. I'm kind of like in my car, run to the errand, come home. But I definitely miss socializing with female friends. Yeah. 
I do too. And you have a sort of higher set point for that than I do, right? I mean, it's not so simple, but I'm more introverted than you. You're more extroverted than me. You draw a lot of energy from when I spend time with Margaret, she's getting a life story of the guy at the CVS, whatever. Like, you know, Margaret's very easy to talk to. Margaret gets people talking. And I think you and I'm always sort of I'm interested. I'm down for it. But that's not how I'm made. And I think during the pandemic, we always talked about like, okay, a little downtime wasn't so bad for me. But it's also not as easy for me to make friends with everybody I meet. Maybe it's not easy for anybody to make friends with everybody they meet, but it feels that way to an introvert. Like, well, I'm extra bad at this. Yeah. And I do think that one of the things I realized is that I've fallen into like default mode. So we're still doing a family Zoom. My family and I meet on Zoom once a week because... And tell us who's the, who's the family Zoom. Like how extended is this family Zoom? My original, what do you call it? Family of origin. What do you call it? Nuclear family. My original nuclear family. So my dad and then the siblings, and then all of their kids. And so it's nice. And some of the kids are big. Some of the kids are like out of the house with gods. And- yeah, they're grown. A lot of grown kids. Yeah, yeah. A lot of grown kids. And so everybody's all over the place. So we started figuring out like it's a standing Zoom. If there's, I don't know, 18 people involved in theory, there's probably six or seven every week. But it is nice to keep checking in with people. And then I have a sister who lives close by. And I have nieces, grown nieces who live close by. And I am very busy. And I see a lot of people in my day. But I recognize that my adult female friendships... I have kind of neglect, I have lost a little bit in the pandemic, like just sitting around chatting with female friends. It's a very different source than like finding out the life story of the CVS person. And it's even a different source than like being with my sisters, which is great, but it, it's not the same lane. I don't know. We're talking about different stuff and we're, you know, in a season of life where we're kind of sharing joys and concerns a lot with family. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been reckoning a little bit with the fact that I want to spend more time socializing with female friends. Let's take a break because I have a sort of big thing I want to introduce, but I want to give myself a breath before I introduce it. (laughs) A big thing from Amy when we come back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... 
Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. All right, you ready for my big thought on this? You know, I am so ready. It better be big. <laughs> maybe it's not. Maybe it's not that big. It'd be like when I said, "Just boil corn for three minutes." And you're like, "That's not a life-saving corn tip. It's a life-changing corn hack." No, usually on this podcast, we love to be team. It gets better. It gets easier. It gets. If you're listening to this with twins who both have ear infections, and you know, and the upstairs toilet is leaking, like it'll get better. It'll get easier in your life. And here is the one arena that I can think of, I'm sure there's others, where it's getting harder. As kids get older, the opportunity, that sort of stand around chit chat that you do, or the like the drop off line sort of peripheral contact that I had that I counted on, you know, I like I skated on that for a long time. And then there was the pandemic. And then I didn't see those people for, you know, two years, some of them. And then during that time, I mean, my kids are older, so my kids graduate grade school, graduate high school during that time. And like, it's gone. It's not coming back. And now I'm like, well, I'm just going to go out and make friends. Okay. I have a kid graduating high school. I have a daughter who started at a new high school where I know almost nobody. And it's New York City, so it's much more anonymous. It isn't like, oh, I recognize these people from church. It's completely, you know, strange group of people to me. And it's just not as easy as it used to be when I had to take her to ballet class three times a week and I said hi to the same 
nice mom. Yeah, I just counted on that and that goes away. Sat on the sidelines or the, yeah, you were at the birthday parties where everyone was gathered. Yeah. Passive socialization, I'm going to call that. And I think that is really true. And I think that I graduated out of passive socialization during the pandemic in a way that I did not recognize. That thing of like, well, we'll all just see each other because we'll be, and also... My kids don't play sports. So like this is another this is the place where that passive social like I know friends whose kids play baseball and they sit on the sidelines for, you know, eight hours on a given Saturday talking to each other. So I don't have that. And so, yeah, I don't really see people in passing. I mean, I run into people sometimes at the grocery store, but it's like as I'm, you know, juggling my milk onto the cashier's thing. I'm like, hey, how are you? You know, it's not exactly, as you say, deep work. It's not deep socialization. (laughs) I saw my pediatrician yesterday. I was taking a walk, listening to a good book while I was taking a walk. And I see my kid's pediatrician, who I mean, I used to see all the time. And she's, you know, an amazing caregiver. And now I see her, you know, like at their annual checkups, you know, like, and so anyway, I pass her, she's walking her dog. She pauses her AirPods, like, hello, how are you? And I immediately start into like, (laughs) everyone has to pause their AirPods first. Yes, right. She had to to pause her AirPods. How is everybody? First of all, she couldn't exactly totally place me, you know, like she knew she knew me, but I was like, I'm like so-and-so's mom, right? She sees... It's the classic example of she sees 40 people a day and you only see her. Yeah. So it's harder for her to place you. Yeah. Right. And she's loomed very important at different times in my life that whatever she said, like she was going to make everything okay. And then like it did work out okay. So I, yeah, I think very highly of this woman. And she was like, and you are anyway, I immediately sort of launched into like, Oh yeah. So anyways, yeah. So she's, she's in, yeah, this one's in high school now. And this one, oh, he's hard to believe. And, and this one, yeah, they're doing okay. But this like giving her like the rapid fire and I could see her sort of blink 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 and and then so then I'm like stop talking about yourself and I said uh, how are you how are your kids and she was like good I'm actually talking to my daughter right now about what she's going to do this summer and I was like oh I'm sorry I just it was fine but I was like finally like somebody I like hi hi and I tried to talk to her and she just was like I'm on the phone with my daughter crazy needy lady yeah Yeah, I was somewhere recently and you're reminding me of it, but it was like a social situation and I was very aware that I kept kind of backing people into corners and I was talking to them and I was like, oh, I have to let this person escape from me. Like it, it is, there is a little bit of like, as my sister used to say when I was dating, you want to hide the hot burning lava volcano of need from people until a couple of dates in. Like you just do not want to reveal. You don't want to lift the lid on the lava of need volcano until like two months in, you know, and she'd often be like, I think you showed the lava a little too soon. And I think there's a lot of social lava right now where you're like, hi, friend to talk to. I mean, some of the skill that you talk about of getting people's life story, I definitely developed when I had three kids under four and I never saw anyone. So the bank teller, I was like, hi, bestie, what's going on? I mean, I could tell you the life story of every single person I interacted with because I was, I could not keep a lid on the volcano of need. I was just like, hi, tell me everything. What's going on? Right. I had a cashier at the grocery store, her daughter's problem boyfriend. I was so deep in, you know, I mean, I knew the whole situation. Every time I saw her, I was getting an update. I mean, but it was like my only source of humanity. Yeah. 
I'm so glad to hear you say this because I feel the same way too. Like, what is friendship? Like, how do I like put your friendly face on? And uh, somebody, um, a friend of mine, somebody who I like very much, I see her once in a while. She did an event, which is, you would think like, this is the antidote to this. And maybe it is. She did around the holidays, like a, a wreath making thing. Like she paid for it. We went to her apartment. We all had a glass of champagne and then we sat down and we made using like real, you know, evergreen stuff we and holly berries and stuff, we made wreaths with like a florist showing us how to do it. And I didn't know anybody there except my host, who was her friend from business school and whatever. So I chatted with these lovely women, went home with a beautiful wreath and felt so fulfilled, right? Like I felt like I just like had the finest dining experience of my life. I couldn't tell where that story was going, if it was a nightmare or fun. It could have gone either way. Oh, no, it was totally fine because it didn't matter. You know, you're just doing it for yourself. But it just sort of was like, oh, cool, interesting people. Let me sit down. It wasn't easy, but it was amazing. So afterwards, I know I'm supposed to send her a note, right? I send her a note. I send her, I buy her a snow globe. I see it in the store because it was right around Christmas. I buy her the snow globe. I write a completely, probably over the top, treacly note Handwritten. Okay. About Amy's SAT words, treacly means overly sweet. Yes. Yes. About how much this experience meant to me, right? How deeply I treasure her friendship. And I was a creeper. I think I was a creeper. Yeah. Like I did you send the snow globe? Oh yeah, no, I sent it to her and she Oh, you sent it. Yeah, and I sent the note. Like, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Like she made a big <laughs> gesture towards like we should have friendship. And like, I'm going to make a big gesture. I'm going to take a risk and be vulnerable and be like, your friendship is very important to me. Like, let's work on this. Well, I think she did. Oh, I'm sure she appreciated it. I don't think anybody ever. I'm team. Nobody ever doesn't want to hear like nice things about themselves. It's I'm sure that was fine. But I definitely know the feeling of like, am I a robot weirdo. Like I, I'm finding it, it, it does feel like we've lost some social skills. And I think, I think everybody is finding that. I'm sure your snow globe was warmly appreciated, but she was like, thanks for the snow. Yeah. She wrote back to me, but it isn't like we're now, you know, intimately desperately. I don't think I've seen her. I've texted with her. I haven't, you know, sat down with her in person since I sent her that snow globe. <laughs> okay. The snow globe might have been a little, a little much. I'm not really sure. I'm sure it was received in a lovely way. But yeah, I also find that I both crave social connection and interaction and dread it entirely. And we Mm -hmm. recently had something that we were supposed to go to. And then we went and we went on the wrong night. Okay, we'll go the next weekend. And then... One of the kids was sick. We couldn't go. And my overwhelming feeling was relief. Like, oh, I don't have to smile and talk to humans. Because although I am very extroverted, I also have a slightly like talking to humans is exhausting lane too. And yeah, because yeah. I'm working now. We now work with a team of, you know, six or seven people. So we're talking a lot of the day, you and I, to people. Yeah. Yep. And then I'm directing a play at night. And that's, you know, 15 people in a room. I, I have a lot of people, but I don't have a lot of like social connection, I think is what I'm realizing. And I'm 
confused by this feeling of like, why aren't I? I talk to people all day long. That's all I do from eight in the morning. I talk to my husband and my kids and get them out the door. Then you and I talk and we do business. And then I talk to people all night at this play that I'm directing. But it's I'm not sitting around and chatting with people like I'm solving problems all day with other people. But that's quite different than like sitting and having a beer with friends and chatting. I figured this out. And that's supposed to be the easy part, right? The part where you're sitting on your back porch with your friend down the street and, you know, having a beer and watching the kids run around or whatever. That's supposed to be the easy part. That's the part that's no work where nothing's required of you, where you can just totally be yourself. It is come as you are. It's one big, like deep exhale of belonging. Yes. And instead it's like, should I send her a snow globe? <laughs> should I text that nice woman from yoga class? Like it just feels like more work. It's more yeah. work. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that is about. Like I have a book club. I love everybody in my book club. I don't even have to host. Like it's just going. I mean, I, I'm supposed to host, I think, at some point, which is that I understand why it's overwhelming. <laughs> like my house would have to be clean and I would have to, I there's the rub. <laughs> I would have to figure like forget that. Like that's obviously a nightmare. But even just going, I don't know. It feels exhausting to me. Like socializing in that way doesn't feel it feels like exercise like I know I'll feel good if I do it but I don't feel unbelievably called to take it up we did a fresh take with Kat Velo, so I'm going to put the link to that interview in the show notes too and she has a website called we should get together and it's all about friendship yes yes and we talked in the episode she calls it decreased social stamina and this was at least 18 months ago how the pandemic had given us decreased social stamina so it, there was a name for it that she gave it but unfortunately, I still have decreased social stamina. And maybe it's like slowly realizing like, oh, I'm not as fit as I used to be. And this idea that I'll like get more fit just as soon as I like fitness is just around the corner for me. Like I just have to finish the book. I just have to do this. We just have to like do this with the podcast. And then I'm going to get back on doing my sit ups all the time. And like, no, I'm not. And I'm <laughs> less fit than I used to be and make peace with that. Don't be like, well, I'll, I'll get back to that half marathon one of these days. I think I've decreased social stamina and it's probably not increasing. I think that's possible, but it's also, I think that I am realizing right now that like exercise, I've put it to the side and it doesn't make me feel better. Like I don't guilt myself of like, oh my God, I need to get my bikini body by summer. But I do realize that if I don't exercise, I'm stiffer. I'm not as flexible. Like I exercise is good for me. And so I fall into this phase of like, well, I'm too busy for that. I'm too important to exercise. I'm clearly have too much to do. And then I think that this parallel to my social life is actually apt because I'm similarly in the same mode. And it is the fact of like my kids like, oh, their moms would drop them off to play and stop in and oh, have a beer while you're here. We did a lot of that kind of socializing and that has not come back since the pandemic. Mm. And I miss it. Yep. But I have I have some ideas, Amy. Let's take a break. Oh, good. I have some thoughts. I love ideas. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And now, words that mean different things to husbands and wives. From the What Fresh Hell podcast, finished. As in, the laundry is finished. To wives, this means... I have gathered the laundry from all parts of the house. I have washed that laundry. I have dried that laundry. I have folded that laundry. And I have put that laundry away in the appropriate household drawers. To husbands, this means... I put four t-shirts, a pair of jeans, some boxer shorts, and my socks in the washing machine. Then I turned it on. Odds that I remembered to add soap, like 50-50. Healthy. As in, this is a healthy dinner. I have prepared a dinner of steamed fish with lemon, with a side of vegetables, and some whole grain bread. For dessert, a bowl of fresh fruit. Let's eat the rainbow. To husbands, this means... I ate two of the carrots and one of the pieces of celery that came with my order of wings. Tired. As in, I am tired. To husbands, this means... Ooh, tough day of work, and I shouldn't have stopped for that beer on the way home. I am beat. To wives, this means... I have slept about six hours total in the last three days. I have a teething newborn and an active three-year-old. The entire world exists in shades of gray, and I think I'm starting to hear voices. My eyeballs may actually be bleeding from fatigue. Sick. As in, I am sick. To husbands, this means... No, I'm dying. I have a runny nose. It might be allergies, but I feel like I'm dying. If you need me, I will be on the couch for the next three days. Nobody's ever been this miserable. Babe, can you bring me some dinner? To wives, this means... I have the regular flu and the stomach flu at the same time. 103 degree fever. Got up at 6 a.m. Got breakfast ready for the kids while steadying myself as well as possible on the stovetop. I managed to make it through drop-offs with only two stops to barf out the car door. Now, I will clean the house and care for the baby until pickup. My fever is down to 101 thanks to my perspiring. I should be able to make it through afternoon gymnastics, bath time, dinner, and bedtime if I can manage to keep some fluids down. This has been Words That Mean Different Things to Husbands and Wives. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Here's the thing, Amy. As I've had this revelation 
couple things. One, I really do think in the Northeast, some of this stuff is seasonal. Like, I think that I always have this thing of like, oh my God, I don't have any friends and I've let my entire social life slide. And then like the sun comes out and it's like, oh, hey, let's get together for a barbecue every Saturday night. And there's people in and out. Like I do think that I make this mistake every year of thinking like my social life has ended and it's just winter time because <laughs> it is hard. Like in the winter, like you're in boots and stuff. It's like to come in someone's house for a beer while you're stopping by and dropping off your kid involves like taking off six layers and like, do you want my boots by the door? And now I'm walking through like your slushy rug. It, it doesn't happen as naturally and easily. I have a, my best friend's sister lives in my town and I always say to my best friend, God, I have haven't seen her forever. And then we run into each other in the summer. It's also like when you're in like the hooded parka, like diving into your car to escape like the wind that's biting your face and then driving somewhere and rushing it. Like you just don't run into people. And then in the summer, it's like, oh, let me park here and I'll walk to all my errands. And I just I think socializing is definitely easier in the summer. I also think in the it gets better category, there is the thing that older kids means less more improvisational plans. So my kids are at an age now where I can leave them at home. And so last Saturday, I got together with a friend, two couples, got together, went to the little like brew pub in our town, sat for two hours and played a card game together just to like talk and while away the afternoon. Because my kids were either at activities they could bike or walk to, or they were home by themselves. And that is a great gift that awaits in the future. Now, we had to plan that out. I have an amazing card game. I tried to turn you onto it, but I think we got interrupted when we were talking about it. Here's my tip. The card game, The Mind. It's called The Mind. I am not a game person. My sister and I always joke that she's like... Link in the show notes, guys. Yeah, this is going in the show notes. My sister always jokes because she and her kids and her husband love to play the game that's like, you roll the dice and then you trade your wheat and the wizard and the disc and then you get the power. And I'm like, I'm already dying. And then occasionally I will try to join them. And they're like, why would you use your wizard card now? You have plenty of wheat. You don't. And I'm like, I hate you all. It's emerald level. Right. <laughs> right, right. I hate you all. Like, I've never disliked you more. This is so boring and awful to me. And I hate you and your stupid wizards and never speak to me again. Let me tell you, my sister, who is my enemy because of her wizarding games, she gave us this game, The Mind. I could explain it to you. I won't right now, but I could explain you the rules in 30 seconds. Super fun to play. And it's not competitive. It's a team game. Like you all have the same goal. Oh, you're speaking my language. Because the other thing is I don't like... I'm competition averse and my husband is not. And so my husband and I, sometimes when we play games together, mm -hmm. he gets a little too saucy for me. And I'm like, I, it's not interesting to me to be now. I hate you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've often told the story of me being like seven months pregnant. He played very competitive level tennis in high school. And I was like, let's just hit the ball around so I can move a little bit. And he was within literally three minutes, like smashing tennis balls, like and hitting me in my pregnant belly. And I, I was like, is this fun for you? And he just, he truly cannot find the switch in his mind to turn off the competitive streak. This is familiar to but me. But this game, the mind, very fun. And then you're just kind of vibing. We had the best time. Loved it. You know, this is to have this, and I do have this going on with, we have two sets of couple friends. You need to have the vulnerability, at least for us, it felt vulnerable, but it worked both times of like, 
We'll be your friends. Like, what are you doing in an hour? Meet us at the corner. Maybe that's easier some places. That's pretty hard in New York City. It's just, again, like it's so big. It's so busy. It's so anonymous. And you just assume everybody else is doing something fabulous. But we have, we're friends with two couples who live in our neighborhood and they know each other, but we're really kind of friends with each of them separately. But we have with each of them the understanding, like we're the ones, we're the ones you can call at six o'clock on a Saturday and said, like, do you guys want to have dinner tonight? Because chances are we'll say, sure. And having that person, that's been a great outlet for us to have that person, like, I'll meet you at the corner. Just that sort of, maybe people are listening, like, how did you have to, like, arrange that with somebody? But I didn't have that sort of sitcom, you know, Ross and Rachel are talking and then, I don't know, and then Joey walks in. Like, you know, that sort of, like, we see each other all the time. Nobody has that? Uh, No. I guess not. Right? Only people who are in cults have that. Like only yeah. cults. Sister wives have that. Sister wives. No, I watch that show and I'm like, well, I think some people have that. Like we live in a town where there's like a. I live kind of a little bit out of on the outskirts of town, but in town there's definitely like people wander to each other's houses and have like clo- people who live in closely placed houses. But uh, that seems very annoying to me. Like I definitely don't want Joey opening my door. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, apartment living does not lend itself to that. And I'll tell you another thing. I am a messy person and my house is often messy. And it is a barrier to me to socializing a little bit. Like, I have friends who I will stop by unannounced. Like, I'll be in town and I'll knock on their door like, oh, I have this thing for you in my car. And I go into there and they're come on in and their house is immaculate. And I'm always just like, I don't understand this. Like, if someone stopped by on a random Tuesday, it would look like my house had been robbed and then like tossed (laughs) for items, you know, like one of those Dateline, like staged crime scenes where they toss the whole place. As my uncle used to say about my bedroom, was anyone hurt in the blast? Like there's stuff everywhere, you know? So there's that too. Like this feeling that your house has to be immaculate. And I often say to friends, I'm like, all right, you're my friend who can come over and not judge me for this disaster area of a house. I think there's a lot of things that get in the way of socializing. I have learned in this episode coming into this, I honestly expected that you and I would be less in the same place than we seem to be. And so my takeaway is that it's okay that I feel like, ooh, I'm a little bit like out of shape in this way and I need to lean in because I like my Fitbit is not getting as many steps as it used to and I don't go places and I don't see people and I need to like, I need to double down. Well, first of all, stop feeling bad that that's true because it seems like it might be a rather universal feeling. Agree. And then second, like just to be intentional about it. Like if you said to me, like, my house is messy, but do you want to come over? I would be like, now or should I wait three minutes? Like, is it weird if I'm like, come over in 30 seconds? Or would that be too weird? And I think there might be more of that going on around me than I have understood. Yeah, it's a good watch your story. Like everyone thinks you're charming for everyone is listening to your snow globe story. And you're like, I'm a social weirdo. And everyone is listening to that story and being like, only Amy could be organized enough. Because I really thought the punchline of that story was going to be that you forgot to send the note or the snow globe, which is my version of that story. Like I buy a snow globe and write a nice note. And then I find that in three years. Like that's the only way that story goes for me. And so I think watching your story and realizing that we're all feeling a little like social freaks right now, that we're all a little bit out of the game, that there are seasons where you're only socializing. Maybe I'm hanging out at the playground with a mom who I kind of know, but I'm not besties with, and I've lost touch with my close friends. 
And I would say right now I'm in a season where I'm in more touch with my old friends, like chatting with people on the phone and visiting with older friends. And I'm a little bit, I don't have a lot of like low planning social contact, which I'm missing a little bit, the kind of easy run in at the playground and at the gym class and like, oh yeah, let's catch up because we're both standing at the sidelines where while our kids are doing this other thing. And I'm also in a season of, for me, of true busyness. Like I am real busy right now. And one of the things that's suffering is my female friendships. And that's something that I can say, okay, like when this busy season, I actually know the date that it ends on. Then I want to get back to that a little bit more and, and reach out and be more social with people near and far. And I need to recognize that talking to people for work, as much as I enjoy your company, Amy, this is not socializing. Like we're, we're having a conversation now, but like we are work partners. Like this is not the same as socializing. And in some ways, being with my family and sisters is not the same as socializing. It's a different, it's a wonderful thing, but it's a different lane than socializing. Mm-hmm. And we think that like, uh, like it's so annoying. We have to like make plans to have dinner with somebody six weeks from now. Why can't we just like roll down the block and knock on the door? Well, because you have to do the first part first. I'm thinking like you need the friends you have dinner with every six weeks. And then you make a plan and then you make a plan. And you need to do that work to have the friends that are you can truly just be yourself and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And I think it's inertia too, right? The idea that like the boulder is hardest to push. Once it gets moving, it's rolling a little bit. And I think for me, that's been it. Like I have a friend who plays, we play pickleball sometimes, but it's like, we've never gotten into the habit of like, okay, let's play every third Tuesday or something like that. So it just kind of ends up like, uh, that's on my to-do list. Make a plan to play. It seems... Right. Figure out when I'm going to play pickleball. Right, right. It seems the hardest to start and that that's another good thing to remember. It's like, okay, this is out there and available. If not right now, because it's busy season, sometime. As I used to say, my yoga teacher who used to say, reach for your toes, someday touch them. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, plan a little bit of pickleball, sometimes play it, you know, like get sometimes make it a habit. But just getting back, like, it's good to know that, like, we're all feeling this sense of inertia and this tough thing about like, okay, we don't necessarily want this as another annoying thing on our to do list. You solved it. Solved it, Amy. Solved social friendships. <laughs> Did you know that we have a bookshop? Bookshop.org slash shop slash what fresh cast. That's long. I'll put it in the show notes. But our bookshop has every guest we've ever had on the podcast or the book. That's like 90 books at this point. Plus just books we really like. I just finished Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. I really enjoyed that. I'm put oh, that. I'm just starting it. I can't oh, wait. Oh, we'll have a little book club, you and me. Yeah. Book club. Really interesting book. So we put books we like, books that helped us, and all of our Fresh Take guests on there. And you can always shop there. And when you do, you support independent bookshops. We love that for you. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. So long. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. 
And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 